So the deal that was so dead last night, it's now back on, and in fact, it's done. The Wizards have agreed to trade Austin Rivers and Kelly Oubre to the Suns directly for Trevor Reza, according to Adrian Wojnarowski. This was a trade that kind of snuck up on us and those in Chicago as well. Jabari Parker clearly didn't work out in Chicago. Bobby Portis moved to the Wizards for Otto Porter, the contract nobody thought would ever get moved, but... With the ninth pick in the 2019 NBA Draft, the Washington Wizards select Rui Hachimura from Toyama, Japan, and Gonzaga University. We'll change up here because it's been a few challenging seasons for Isaiah Thomas. But on Monday, the two-time All-Star guard agreed to a one-year deal with the Washington Wizards. With the Washington Wizards. With the Washington Wizards. With the Washington Wizards. You know, Washington, D.C. is at a point of time in its existence where everything that goes on, it just feels like a reality show. Seems like everything today in the District of Columbia is at a tipping point where it could go either way. And for the Wizards, it's not any different. The Wizards are at a point in time where they're literally a balancing act. They go too far one way, they're a rebuilding team that has no chance at being competitive. They go the other way, they're a borderline competitive team and maybe they can make 7th, 8th seed in the East. Almost every single player on the Wizards going into the 1920 season has a serious injury history. John Wall, their former superstar franchise player, he's still recovering from that ruptured Achilles tendon that he suffered last season. Bradley Beal, thankfully, knock on wood, he's been on a hot streak the past two seasons playing all 82, but before then, he only made it to 75 games one time in his career due to nagging injuries. C.J. Miles, the guy they got for Dwight Howard, he gets hit with the minor injury bug relatively often for him, and Thomas Bryant missed 10 games last season. Even Jan Mahimi, who's right now their starting center, is constantly running into injury issues, having only played 34 games over the 2018-2019 campaign. Unfortunately for the Wizards, their issues also run deeper than basketball, with the well-reported rift between their former franchise player, John Wall, and their current one in Bradley Beal. Although those reports are waved off by both of those guys, the fact that reports like that even surface are always a cause for concern. Rewinding back to last season, the Wizards finished 11th in the Eastern Conference with a record of 32-50. and 50. Now, for the Wizards, that's a pretty rough season because the year before, they were literally in the playoffs competing, but this past season, they became a rotating door for players. Once John Wall went down for the season, the Wizards just decided to blow everything up and trade away important rotation pieces like Kelly Oubre Jr., Otto Porter, to get guys like Jabari Parker, Trevor Reza, Bobby Portis, you know, all three of which aren't that bad, but they are no longer on the Washington Wizards going into the 1920 season. Absurdly, this was a stat that I saw in Basketball Reference, they had 25 different players play at least three games for them last year. Just because of the amount of trades and signings they made throughout the season, Scott Brooks must have wanted to rip his hair out because there was no way this team had any chemistry whatsoever. And you know what? It showed. Before I break down their stats, I just want to share that transaction history so you can understand exactly what I'm seeing here. Early in the season, they started with a preseason trade of Jody Meeks to the Bucks for a second rounder and some cash. Then in October, they signed Okaro White in November. Then in December is kind of where the fun starts uh, for this team. They got Sam Decker 
in a three-team trade that sent Jason Smith to the Bucks, and then they moved Kelly Oubre and Austin Rivers, right around the time of the Dwight Howard situation, to the Phoenix Suns for Trevor Ariza later in the month. You would think a competitive team would want a guy like Trevor Ariza, a 3-and-D guy, but no, the Wizards, who were already flailing at that point, decided to trade two young guys for a veteran who isn't going to give them much promise in the next season. Then they signed Ron Baker at the end of December, but to kick off January, they put Ron Baker on waivers almost immediately, two weeks after they signed him. Then they bring in Gary Payton, the second son of former NBA legend Gary Payton, obviously, uh, and proceeded to waive him two weeks later. At least they're consistent. You know, they pick up Ron Baker, waive him after two weeks, Gary Payton, the second, waive him after two weeks. But as we get closer to the trade deadline, the team certainly did not stand pat. No, they signed John Jenkins and then proceeded to cut him. And you guessed it, two weeks later. At the deadline, they traded Otto Porter for Bobby Portis and Jabari Parker from the Chicago Bulls, which I thought was a pretty good trade because Otto Porter's contract was immovable. Otto Porter should not have been moved. He was making a ridiculous amount of money for the production that he's giving out. But the Bulls were desperate to get rid of Bobby Portis and Jabari Parker, so it worked out well for them. I like Jabari Parker. I think he's got a lot of promise. Yes, he has injury issues, but I think he's pretty good. Then they also made a smaller trade after that, sending Markeith Morris, the lesser of the two Morris twins in my opinion, to New Orleans for Wesley Johnson and just a little bit of cash. But two months later, the Wizards decided to waive Wesley Johnson about a week before the season ended. Not sure why they couldn't just wait until the season ended to get rid of him, but they decided to do it right before it ended. Personally, I still can't believe how many changes the team went through. They had a new roster almost every single week when you look at the breakdown, and the guys like Ron Baker, Gary Payton, uh, John Jenkins, I feel bad for them because they were literally getting signed for 14 days apiece. That has to suck. But, you know, life goes on in the NBA, and it's time to highlight the stat leaders for the Wizards last season. Coming in at number one, we have John Wall with, oh, I'm sorry, Bradley Beal with 25.6 points per game, followed by John Wall with 20 points per game. But as a toss-in, because John Wall didn't play the whole season, I'm going to throw in their third leading scorer, who was Jabari Parker with 15 points per game. Not horrendous. Not horrendous at all. I, you know, if John Wall was able to stay healthy, they maybe could have been able to fight for the A's seed. Uh, I really like Jabari Parker, like I was saying before. I feel like it was a mistake for them not to bring him back for next season. Uh, I think that he that projection he originally had as a second overall pick to become a star player right behind Andrew Wiggins when he was drafted, I think that it's still there. That potential is still there. He's only, what, 24 years old? Uh, the problem with him is that he just continues to get hurt. But if he can end up on a team, something you know, I know he's in Atlanta now, but if he could end up on a team like the Warriors who have a very advanced medical staff, I think he'd be great because he wouldn't be getting hurt as often. They'd be giving him his treatments like he should be. And he might be able to reach that potential that he should have reached with the Bucks back when they drafted him at number two. Then for their assists, number one is John Wall. I mean, that guy is so good. It's such such a shame that he keeps getting hurt literally every single season. Uh, and then number two is Bradley Beal with 5.2 assists per game, who, you know what, that's pretty good for a shooting guard, combo guard. Bradley Beal can play both positions if he had to. Uh, he can also play small forward as well, which I just think Bradley Beal is one of the most versatile versatile guys in the NBA uh, at his position, who can play guard, who can play wing. It's very impressive seeing what Bradley Beal can do. It's just unfortunate he's on such a lackluster team. But then for rebounds, it's kind of funny when you think about how many games this guy actually played, but their leader in rebounds was Dwight Howard, who led the team with nine rebounds per game. But here's the kicker. 
He only played nine games for the team. Nine games, yeah. That is all Dwight Howard played for the Washington Wizards. So the true leader in, for the record fashion, of this team for rebounds was Bobby Portis with 8.6 rebounds per game and then Jabari Parker with 7.6. If this team did not trade for Bobby Portis and Jabari Parker, they wouldn't have had anybody rebounding more than six rebounds a game. That's not very good. That's not very good at all, actually. And the fact that you have two more combo forwards getting those rebounds and leading the team in rebounds, where are their centers? Where's Jan Mahimi? I get that he was hurt for most of the season, but where's Thomas Bryant? Where's all these guys who should be getting the boards? They're not doing their job. So last season, it really wasn't that great for this team. They pretty much spent most of it playing my GM in 2K, but in real life, because they made a million different moves, but none of them seemingly went to pan out, seeing as the assets they got in return, they're not even coming back for the 2019-2020 season. Most of these guys are on different teams. Jabari Parker's in Atlanta. Bobby Portis is playing for the New York Knicks. Not a great return on investment when you think about it. But similarly to the Hornets, the Wizards decided to reach on their rookie this season. With the ninth overall pick, the Washington Wizards decided to select Rui Hachimura from Gonzaga by way of Japan. To me, this kid is talented. Unlike many media heads, I see a lot of potential in Rui. I think he has the ability to grow into his body. More importantly, grow into that role on the team. I could see Rui turning into a guy... Think of somebody like Rudy Gay, right? Think of a high-end role, high end role player, uh, maybe above-average starter. That's the trajectory I see for Rui Hachimura. He's got a great shot. He's shooting like 60% in college at Gonzaga, at least his most recent season, his junior year. So... I don't see why everyone's saying that he's a bad pick. Yeah, he's not great defensively, but if he can continue to grow and expand his game, he's only 21 years old, he's very mature for his age, I think he could be a successful player in the league. But oddly enough, most people didn't like this pick, which I, like I said, I didn't I didn't understand that. He was kind of a stretch because of the overall talent, but he's good enough to be given that chance to bring in his stats from college over the three years, he averaged 12 points per game and four rebounds per game, but that's only because he was coming off the bench his freshman season, and I believe it was like an eight-point average that he had that year. But his most recent season, the one that we care about, the progression that we care about, is that he was putting up 19 points per game, six rebounds per game on, there's that number again, 60% shooting. That's pretty good. On top of that, he also shot 42% from three, which is super, super effective for a big guy. That's why I like that Rudy Gay comparison. I think that Rudy is electric on offense, but he kind of leaves something to be desired on the defensive end. So if Rui never develops that defensive edge, being in that Rudy Gay position, that's not a bad spot to be in. Being that guy who you can be brought into a team and they know that you're going to hit that three, you're going to hit a big shot for that team, that's okay. That's a good position to be in. If he does develop the defense, he could be one of the best 3 and D players in the league. He's got the athleticism. He's got the size, a 7-2 wingspan. The guy's huge. That would be incredible for Rui Hachimura. But talking about the Wizards' cap situation, I only need to say two names. John Wall and Bradley Beal. These two guys alone are taking up one-third of the Wizards' salary cap. Why? Well, predominantly because of John Wall's mega extension of $171 million over the next four years. I must say... Regardless of what anyone else says about this guy, Rich Paul definitely gets his players paid. To give an oft-injured point guard like John Wall $171 million over the next four years, that's insane. Rich Paul deserves all the credit in the world because he does get any player that he has paid. Look at Markeith Morris. He went 
to sign with the Spurs, but then he got more money with one year for the Knicks. Why? Rich Paul client. Rich Paul makes it happen. But the Wizards must have some serious buyer's remorse because John Wall's only played in 73 games over the past two seasons. And, worst of all, it's because his injury list just keeps piling on. The Achilles, the ACL, the ankle. It's all with his legs. And for a player like John Wall, who's heavily reliant on his athleticism, his future is somewhat bleak. I mean, that contract is not looking good. Every single day, that contract is looking worse and worse. But outside of the two-star players, the Wizards actually have a pretty decent cap situation. Their third highest paid player is Jan Mahimi, who's making $15 million this season. And as you saw with the Hornets and the Cavs uh, episodes, you know that I don't like those big contracts for average players. But the good thing is he's off the books this summer. That's why I'm okay with that $15 million. They're not going to be good this season. It's fine to pay him that. So he also, Jan Mahimi, has an injury issue, which is not helping their case any so I don't think Jan's going to come back next season he might find a role as like a backup center maybe get veterans minimum somewhere I don't know Milwaukee LA somewhere like that but uh, I don't see them bringing him back so that 15 million dollars a season it is what it is behind that it's CJ Miles Thomas Bryant and Davis Bertans who all three combined are making less than 25 million dollars that's less than the trio of Jordan Clarkson Larry Nance Jr. and Brandon Knight for the Cleveland Cavaliers. And these three guys are better than all three of those guys, barring Jordan Clarkson Jr. To me, that's great. If the Wizards can find a way to trade away the wall contract, then they're going to have a really, really good outlook on the future in regards to their salary cap. Maybe they could build a contender around Bradley Beal during the 2021 offseason when all the big names are free agents again. Or they could unload Beal too and just completely hit reset on their team, have a fresh salary cap, fresh roster, new guys, young guys. Hopefully, it works out for them. Uh, the one thing I could see working in their favor is if Rui Hachimura actually does pan out and he works well next to Bradley Beal, they trade off John Wall, maybe send him to Miami, get somebody like Goran Dragic's contract, which has, what, one or two years left on it. That's fine. That's okay. Maybe get a draft pick in that. You got that contract off the books. You have enough space. He becomes a free agent by 2021, and you can bring in an actual superstar at that point in time. With the rest of their offseason, though, the Wizards, they've had a pretty okay time. I mean, in Summer League, they had Rui show out completely. He continued his 19 points per game average over the three games that he played in. Uh, but like I've said before, I'm not really that big into Summer League stats. But in a way, this is a way of confirmation bias for me. Because I think that Rui is going to be significantly better than most people expected. I really like this guy, Rui Hachimura. Take it to the, you can take it to the bank. I like Rui Hachimura, and I think he's going to be very, very good, and I could see him making the rookie all-first team. He's underrated, he's slept on, and people don't see the potential that I see in him. It's okay, in a couple years when he's averaging 20 points a game, we'll talk again. But in free agency, the team made a few decent moves, uh, but they lost a lot of solid players at the same time. The players that went out the door, you had Trevor Ariza leave, Sam Decker, Jeff Green, Jabari Parker, Bobby Portis, Chazon Randall. Devin Robinson, a big one in my opinion, Thomas Sadoransky, and Dwight Howard in the trade that brought over C.J. Miles. Almost every single player that I just mentioned has solid value and can be a contributor right away for the teams that they went to. For the players that came in to the Wizards to replace these guys, C.J. Miles, obviously in the Dwight Howard trade, uh, Garrison Matthew, don't know too much about him, Davis Bertans, who they got from the Spurs, Isaac Bonga, who was formerly a Laker, same with Mo Wagner, Jamario Jones, Ish Smith, 
fan favorite, a guy that I really, really enjoy watching play, Isaiah Thomas, and their two rookies, Rui Hachimura and Admiral Schofield. I like Mo Wagner a lot. Uh, I think he was the best pickup of the offseason for these guys, aside from Rui, because Mo Wagner undervalued in LA. I think the Lakers made a huge mistake letting him go because he is very talented and I think he has the potential to be a solid starting uh, center in the NBA. Then for Isaiah Thomas, I think he's a great stopgap right now because John Wall is hurt. John Wall is going to be out most of the season and they have a guy who at his peak was averaging like 30 points a game for the Celtics. I think Isaiah Thomas is a very, very solid pickup for these guys, even if he's 60% of what he was in Boston, I think Isaiah Thomas can be a really strong asset for this team. And they also have Ish Smith to back him up, who, to me, that's good insurance. Ish Smith was solid in Detroit. I didn't see anything wrong with his game. He had pretty good averages. Ish Smith is a good enough backup point guard to, if Isaiah Thomas isn't performing, Ish Smith can come in and take that starting position from him. Uh, Even though I do like some of these signings that the Wizards made in free agency, I still believe that losing out on Jabari Parker and Thomas Sadoransky were pretty massive losses in my book because Jabari, he's still very good aside from those injury concerns. He is still very, very good. He was their third leading scorer last year. And then Thomas Sadoransky was so important for this team last season when John Wall went down. Now he's in Chicago, a team that needed a point guard. They have Kobe White too, but losing Thomas Sadoransky to me was the biggest loss of this offseason for this team because he was such a crucial, vital part, and he worked well with Bradley Beal in the backcourt. So if I had to give the Wizards a best-case scenario, I would say 10th in the East. John Wall comes back about 80% of what he was before the injury, maintains some sort of athleticism. Rui shows off his offensive prowess. Mo Wagner, or even Thomas Bryant, show that they can be the center of the future for this team, guys that they can trust, that they can depend on. Maybe they get, I don't know, ninth, 10th pick in the draft again. Uh, they pick up a good small forward to play against or play with alongside Rui Hachimura. They could have two good three-point shooting guys right there. That would spread the floor. That would be huge for them, actually. And then if Rui develops that defense, they would have two 3-and-D guys on the wing plus Bradley Beal. And then, you know, Mo Wagner, Thomas Bryant. That would be a really great case scenario for them. And then if John Wall's back, then this team is going to be pretty competitive, actually, the following season. So I really like uh, that best case scenario. I think they're going to be closer to that than their worst case scenario. But their worst case scenario is going to be 13th in the East. John Wall comes back as an absolute shell of his former self. He doesn't even look like John Wall anymore. Uh, None of the young guys stand out like Rui. Not good. Mo Wagner, not good. Thomas Bryant, not good. Isaac Bonga. All those guys just do not work out for them. And then another bad thing that could happen to them is that they get screwed out of a top six pick because just that's the way the lottery is now. We saw it last season with the Pelicans getting the number one pick. And then they whiff on another draft pick. That would suck. That would be really, really, really bad for the Wizards because they're, like I said before at the very beginning of this episode, they're at that teetering point. They're either going to be competitive or they're going to be terrible in rebuilding. So, you got to figure that if they get a bad draft pick lower than top five, or if they whiff on that draft pick, it's just, it's going to be a bad situation for this team. Also, another thing that if they want to go this route, they can't find any good suitors for John Wall or Bradley Beal, or they get bad offers, or they take a dumb offer, like, you know, send Bradley Beal to Miami for, I don't know, Bam Adebayo and a second round pick. Like, that would be a horrible deal for this team, because Bradley Beal is and superstar in the NBA, and I 
don't think they should give him up for anything less than a king's ransom for that player. John Wall, on the other hand, I say just get rid of that contract if you can. If not, hope that he comes back to at least 80% of what he was. But my final preseason grade for this team, for the Washington Wizards, I'd have to say a D. Uh, They're bad. But to me, they're just not that bad. If health wasn't a concern, I definitely would have ranked them a little higher than 28, at least higher than the next team on this list. But because of health concerns and you know the question marks with the rookies that a lot of people have, I don't have them, but I do see some of the question marks there uh, and a bit of a foggy outlook on the direction of their future. It's kind of fitting that they sit at number 28, but they did sign Isaiah Thomas, so plus about 100 points for that. I really like Isaiah Thomas, and I like that signing a lot. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of NBA Preseason Previews. We've got the New York Knicks coming out tomorrow, September 2nd. So really excited to get to that. Please make sure to like, subscribe, favorite, five-star, whatever it is, wherever you listen to your shows, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. Uh, Make sure to do something nice. You know, hold the door open for somebody. Give somebody a dollar, buy somebody a coffee. Do something. Just be a good person. doesn't take much effort. Well, see you on the next one. Peace.